again for the next artist talk in the sofa and I'll be presenting first uh, Vincent from Circus Dialogues Continued it's the guy in the blue so Vincent uh, works as a dramaturg for amongst others for a sideshow a Belgian circus company he's also a researcher and then next to Vincent, there is Simon from Collective Malunet, and next to Simon is Casper from Move by Matter, and next to Casper is Vincent, and next to, last but not least, is uh, Rosa Matisse from Cirque Barbette. Cirque Barbette will be performing uh, in a few days, uh, playing and playing and playing, and uh, Move by Matter, Collective Malinet will be playing their first show tonight, bit by bit. So let the talks begin. Thanks, Martin, for the introduction. Um, today we want to focus a bit on the process. So rather than talking about the performance in itself, we're talking about uh, how the performance came into being since uh, Bit by Bit is performing tonight, so maybe some of you didn't see the show yet, and uh, Playing and Playing and Playing by uh, Barbet is still uh, in the process, so it, it's not uh, quite finished yet. So this is the focus of our uh, talk today. Um, and I wanted to ask you if you could both situate your project a bit, like uh, where are you now, what are you working with, um, and what does uh, your performance look like? Whoever wants to start. Um, so our performance uh, premiered in June 2021. Um, and we're since touring. It's a big top show. We're two on stage. And it's a co-production between two companies um, that created together uh, Move by Matter and Collective Maline. And your show works with a specific technique? And ah, like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we were inspired by the old circus, uh, my brother and me, a few years ago, and we wanted to revisit the jaw of steel. So pulling with the teeth or hanging with the teeth. And um, instead of making a, a little part of the act, we wanted to make a whole show out of it. Great, thanks. And Rosa? So, um, the, the show is called Playing, Playing and Playing, and it talks about playing. <laughs> um, we're in the, still in the working progress, uh, premieres are next year, still it's uh, quite advanced what we will uh, show on Thursday and Friday, and uh, for the moment we're we're working on nuances <laughs> and reflecting on... I'm looking at my partner on stage, Agostina, which is here <laughs> in front of me, and we're working on yeah, the polishing and asking us 
some questions at point, but let's say the frame is really there. Great. Um, and your show is aiming at uh, younger uh, audiences, right? Yes, yes. We created it, I wanted to create it for uh, as a kid's show. And then I sometimes felt frustrated feeling that um, we somehow got very uh, locked into that children's show box. So I, at the same time, try to insist to say that it's also for adults. <laughs> Great, we can talk about that later more, I think. Um, I wanted to ask both of you how, what started your project? Like what moved you to start creating? Um, is there anyone who has an idea about that? Uh, so as Simo said, uh, no, wait, before. Uh, me and Simo, we used to perform in the past with Collective Malunet and then our ways kind of split it. Um, and then we saw a moment, a little hole in the schedules that we were like, wow, actually there we could do something again together. And um, the first research was like, what connects us in the circus? I'm doing steer wheel uh, and a bit of acrobatics. Simo is doing partner acrobatics and theater boards. So not at all something combinable. Uh, and we took a two week residency in which we wanted to see what connects us there in the piste, and the result was this uh, jaw of steel technique that we really felt like, wow, a lot to discover, kind of. And then Simo was working uh, with Casper on another project uh, of Casper, and uh, Simo was doing like the physical coach of Casper, guiding him through a process, and Casper enjoyed the work with Simo. Uh, and felt like, wow, I, it was kind of a bit of a first introduction, I think, for him to work with a circus person. He liked the vibe and kind of proposed, uh, um, yeah, to make a, a new project or if ever something was there. And then Simo said, actually, we have a concept that we worked on, but we don't have the time to do it alone, pull it off with Collective Malonet. And... There it started, I think. Then Casper took over and wanted to do the directional part, production, guiding everything. Um, so we could really just focus on the f physical thing, the research, the development of the movement, and then they would put the sauce on top of it all and bring it together. Something to add. <laughs> and you, Rosa, what was the start for you? Sounds practical, <laughs> very clear. Um, <laughs> uh, what was the start for me? So, um, this is my fifth performance, <coughs> and uh, somehow it's kind of I always start where I ended the last one, I would say. And my way of working is a lot with. Um, with the structures, I, I work a lot with uh, like uh, wood and installations, and I almost often start there. So it's I ended a former cre uh, creation uh, with material that I had kind of left over, and I normally that's where next performance begins. So um, it started with leftovers. From the <laughs> that's a bad answer. Leftovers from the from the previous performance, which is just on la Targogène, this one. Ah, okay. Um, and your previous performance was um, an outdoor show, 
right? Yes, exactly. Um, and also a participative uh, show. How is that different creating uh, now for an inside space? And also, uh, as I saw on, on the videos, I saw it's more of a frontal um, a proposal. How is that different creating a show like this? Uh, so working outside and with participants, it's and also in that f uh, former show we're many on stage and uh, uh, it's um, it's somehow it's easier I think because it's um, I get I realized I get much more nervous before getting on stage for example I don't have the track uh, which in this kind of settings it's more it's a little bit more like this. I would say as an artist and then but then for the like the processes of the creation it's I don't see much difference it's still the same like finding something that I want to investigate and start to work it with it and then work with the team with it and develop so. great thanks um, as you mentioned uh, Simon and Vincent uh, you invited Casper uh, into the um, project and I was curious how uh, because Casper your approach is coming from theater and dance uh, in your background I was curious how uh, that influenced uh, the way you experienced the project but also the way you uh, how that's different from like for example a Maluné show or uh, yeah. for my part um, it was really going out of my comfort zone even in the beginning I thought we could improvise for a very long time and see uh, how these two characters would come together with the content that we were thinking about in the beginning. But after a while we were already on the point of uh, that we had a problem because there was uh, working on technique, working on training and time for creation on the same moment. This we had to change a bit of the concept of working and we started to make a vocabularium of all uh, movements, let's say. And we, together, this me together with uh, Matthias Velle, the dramaturg, tried to paint, let's say, with the material that uh, Simon and Vincent uh, gave on stage. So that was, um, and to answer on your question <clears throat> about the influence of my background, what I really, really liked about uh, the actions that they do on stage and why we also said yes to go for it is that the action has a real-time, real-action feeling. That the, the, uh, the tiredness sneaks in, um, you have a different kind of content because of this time management that is completely different than in a normal piece. And the, the, the person... Simon and the person Vincent really comes out because of this. It's very truthful because of that. You go much deeper in the core of the action. In the beginning, it was very difficult to um, to find this kind of feeling and to to to. But I was really looking for this resonation inside. And after a while, when the technique became more playful, let's say that it was more from them, then it started to resonate. And yeah, repetition is content in a way. Just they do a lot the same kind of things. If you come to see to the performance, you will see. 
And uh, Simon or Vincent, um, how was it uh, for you? How did it influence the project or the process? Um, we are used to work as a collective, so um, and Casper not, I think, and um, and it's also another world um, coming together. And it was really hard to find this balance. Um, we fell into a hierarchy, kind of, and where the director is above. And we had to break this down, which really destabilized Casper, but also us. But I think we managed, um, in the end, to write a show together. But this was a, a, a big, for us, we were like, what is this? Like, we, I cannot work like this. And, <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and this was a, a, a big first step we made. And then, yeah, these different worlds coming together, we need training. They thought we would be working all day long and we were there like, no, we need to research the material, we need to train, we don't have the muscles yet because it's new for us. Um, so they felt like we were losing time, but we were like, it's not, it's non-negotiable, like we have to do this. Um, and then uh, we also didn't have the same style, I think, in the end. We didn't want to make the same show. Um, but before we, <laughs> which is quite a problem, um, but <laughs> but one one moment suddenly everything fell together and it was like pop pop pop, and we're like only two weeks before the premiere, and, <laughs> and so it was actually the whole creation that it was that was like this heavy this heavy weight on our back, like we're not going the direction we want to go. And it was for Casper and for us until like the last two weeks, they were really like, let's change everything and listen to the material and listen to that and like really open up and talk to each other and, and also kind of a bit stop fight, but just join forces basically. I think also even after the premiere, like we both had ideas from the beginning. Casper has a crazy imaginary thing going on in his head, which is was a bit new for us. We were looking for the presence, and we knew it would be about brothership and and about being there for each other. And we are brothers, so we shouldn't look too far. While they have such a big reference that we don't have to the Greek mythology, and they were searching so many stories around brothers that we couldn't connect with because we are brothers and we don't rely to those things. And we were searching for, if I look on stage and I look at Simon, I want to see Simon. And I hope if Simon looks at me, he sees Vincent. And I think there in the end we find a super nice balance where Casper takes us in a trip of, of him, but where we feel the urge afterwards, like, okay, and this is the end of the trip. Hello, Simon. Hello, Vincent. And we charge ourselves for the next trip, and, and there I think we managed to make a really well, nice balance, which only came in the very end because we kept on to personal <laughs> darlings, where we were really like, no, we want to be us on stage, and we are brothers. And Casper the same, who had like really desires of, of him that he wanted to add and see in the piece. But then we agreed on like, no, it's true, it makes no sense. If you want this and we don't want that, we have to kill this one, and you kill that one. And then also while playing, and then while 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 playing, I also felt that we started really to own the show and and enjoy even more the trips that he installs and to even find more 
the moments where we can be us and yeah, voilà. Kasper. It was all about trust. <laughs> yeah. That was what I wanted to say as extra. It was really this. It was we were going out of our comfort zone. But it was trust that was only there in the end, I think. There was yeah, there was said, a lack yeah, of trust. There was a lack of trust, yeah, of course. <laughs> that's what I want to say. Um yeah, this sometimes in the beginning when you it could be already earlier. <laughs> but I it, it taught me a lot this to this creation. Really a lot. To work together, to listen to each other, that it's not necessary to to be in a hierarchy. Um yeah. Yes. It's also, I think, um, like Kasper said, out of the comfort zone. And it's not only that we made a show, but we are also touring a big top with all the equipment, the whole building. We take the road ourselves, we build up ourselves. So it's a whole part that I think for them was new to understand like, okay, fuck, they're actually doing everything also themselves. So it's, we are already loaded. When we start the first show, we already had three days of work before, you know, and I... And I wanted to, I wanted to put the performers on stage and let them not doing everything around because then the focus would be right. You understand? Mm -hmm. And they were like, no, 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 we want to build up the tent and we want to do the technique. I was like, huh? But I want to give you the opportunity to not do anything else anymore. No, 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 no. This it was also this kind of world of. I didn't understand. I'm coming from a completely other uh, background where people are happy when they can just focus on one thing. And then I started to help also, for example, to, to build up the tent and to help and everything. So. We, we are very proud that this morning we managed to fix our chauffage for you tonight to be warm. <laughs> That's good news for every one of us. Um, you you uh, spoke a lot about... Um, the feeling of a process, like uh, you need you need trust, and but also frustration, and then uh, being um, relieved. And I wanted to ask you, Rosa, like how does a process uh, feel to you? This process, but also other processes, is there like uh, feelings that come back and uh, manifest? Good question. Uh, yeah. So first is like happiness and euphoria and inspiration. And uh, then it's a long period of work. <laughs> and uh, oh, it's a really difficult question. Um, but I guess this like first initial part it's, it's also what like brings you through when then you start to really get into the work and being like, uh, in all these phases that you talk about, the doubt and the the difficulties, and, uh, and then you kind of go back to the beginning always. Um, I started this process, uh, so this was supposed to be an easy, a simple show, because I had just finished a really heavy and long one, so I wanted to do something very simple. I wrote it from the beginning, I had it very clear from the beginning, and I had like the scenes, and it was really easy to grasp. Um, and then it always becomes complicated anyway during the tour, but now I think we're on the other side of it, and I think, yeah, we'll see, you'll find out. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I was thinking a little bit about the trust you talked about, and I think this goes together with the process of the work also. Um, 
I've been working with Agostina for the first time. We actually got to know each other uh, when she integrated the project, so we didn't know each other before. And um, I know from experience that uh, getting into working with me and like understanding it, well, now I talk about me, but anyone that proposes a project, that is also a special task to like integrate it and try to understand what the other person wants and try to go with. And I know that I'm not always very like, it's, I don't work with very clear material. It might be quite abstract. So that is also a period of like getting to know each other and understanding. And then when actually the other persons have understand what I want when it works well, uh, normally, it's we get to a really nice moment when uh, they take over the project and we really like work together. And then it's we get to this horizontal like position work that you talked about. And I, I can really recognize this. And um, I I don't used to feel like the conflict thing, but more about like the how to transmit what I want. And that, that actually, I, don't, I can't do it like this. It just takes time and we spend time together and we work and we kind of like... Yeah. And it's also specific that you are on stage yourself, I think, there. Is that... Um, how do you uh, negotiate that being... Uh, because, in, for example, in your project there is... Casper, you're not on stage. You have a, um, like an, an outside view and you, you are on stage yourself. How do you negotiate... Uh, being the director, but also a performer. Yeah, so I work with uh, a dramaturg as well, Reynaldo Rampersad, which is really like um, following the process from the very, very beginning. And uh, so that's, I'd say that is like a really important thing for me to have outside eyes, because although I, I would say I... Um, I start the project and I, I bring my material, but I, I do not work alone, like in the in the process of the mise en scène no, direction. Yeah, this is something I um, wanted to talk uh, about with you all. Um, I think uh, in circus now we see a lot of solo shows, uh, or there there seems to be uh, the advent of the solo, and you both uh, work as a duo. Um, I think you already spoke quite a quite a lot about how you uh, why you came to this uh, form, uh, or it, or it seemed to be the beginning even of your of your pro project. Uh, but you, Rosa, how is this? I wanted to ask you um, if you see collaboration uh, as necessary, um, or how collaboration is important to your work. Yes. <laughs> And in what way is it important to you? Okay, so I started doing solo shows because I actually felt that I could only assume myself. On, it was um, almost an economic and monetary, but also uh, engagement. I wanted to understand who I was and artistically and develop my material. And I didn't feel ready to assume to work with others because I didn't really know knew what I wanted to do. And then after a while, I felt ready to do that. And honestly, but this is my personal experience. Now, I 
if I'm on stage, I don't want to be alone on stage. That's really because I enjoy much more to be, to be with other people on stage. I don't know if I respond to yeah, your question. Yeah, I think you responded perfectly well. Um, as a last sort of topic before we move into uh, audience questions, I want to talk a bit more about technique. You um, uh, started really from the... I mean, uh, it's not... You looked, as you told us, you looked for something to connect, uh, and then you came up with the jaw of steel. Uh, and I wanted to ask you, how did this technique um, provide you with limitations in the process, but also what did it uh, generate? Um, um, we, I, I don't remember why we chose this thing, but we did. And, and we were in the first two weeks of laboratory that we were like, let's see what we can do with this. And we were like really amazed how it always brought us further and further, but, and, and it made things possible, things that normally are not possible. Like the, we, we managed to find a way and, and it was like, uh, I, even today I have the feeling like it, we are not there yet. Like we could find so much more material but we didn't have the time and, 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 and uh, but I, I, I didn't feel like it was um, blocking. It was more our body saying, no, this is too heavy. This all the time, it was like, fuck, the body all the time, the neck and the, and the shoulders, and this was a big problem during the creation. But the material, like we could go so far, so far. And, and it, it was great because I'm used to do teeterboard and teeterboard, honestly, like, and you can just do saltos, and basically that's it. Like, yeah, and 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 indeed, like we worked with Essa, which is sitting there, and this was amazing because even when we had like a nice idea, this and that, she would see it and she would develop it even more with us, and now we would again develop it more, and she would come back, and like it was really, it was super cool. Yeah. Yeah, and and there was uh, yeah, it was. It, I didn't feel that this technique had a limit or something, or yeah, it was restraining I, I, us. I think material-wise, like we have the mouthpieces, but we have different mouthpieces <laughs> regarding to what we wanted to do. We have a lot of different muscatons, swivels, straps, ropes, and like we knew exactly what material we needed for what, and we showed always. We train in the morning, find material with Essa, without Essa. And then we show it to Kasper and Matthias, and they saw all the material, and then they said, oh yeah, and then we imagine you. So they were just picking all the materials, setting it after each other, but then we always had to say like, but it's not possible, but actually we need a totally different rope, different muscaton, different bit. And then their whole story kind of collapsed again, because we just practically couldn't do it. It's so like, shit, but how can we... Uh... Uh, to, to answer your question about blocking also, there is one very beautiful blockage inside, and that's that they could not speak. Just in the process also, they had a very beautiful way of communication with each other, where they were attached to each other. And this brothership that is already in the core of their heart was also there in the mouth, you know. <laughs> you had sometimes these kind of beautiful moments when they were like, even rehearsing alone, like... Uh, that uh, Matthias also like whispering in my ear, like, look at this, 
what is happening here? What is nice? This is nice. We have to keep this. We have to keep this. Or, you know, we were, we were basically just sitting next to each other, uh, next to each other, with the thing in our mouth. Like we could easily take it out. But they we just were not keep hanging, it like we were just sitting, <laughs> and we were just like. <laughs> and then it's like. But I realized this doing another project with the mouthpiece with another person not having the mouthpiece in, and I'm talking to him with my mouthpiece in, and he's like, "Dude, I don't get anything of what you're saying." And then I, uh, Simo, he understands. We created a bit of a language or a communication, and yeah, like you said. And another blockage that is really beautiful is actually uh, part of the scene where we put a uh, kind of a catwalk inside. This, there is no uh, circulaire scene. There is a, there, it's a limited stage, actually. It's quite high. Uh, it, it has some danger inside. Thus, they can really fall off. And that limitation gives, uh, yeah, that you as a public, you feel the danger much more you feel the connection much more because they have to. They really need each other, otherwise they fall off the stage. That's also a blockage, actually. That is uh, interesting. Yeah, I find it beautiful how uh, this technique uh, generates blockages, but also these blockages generate like meaning or um, other ways of for audiences to uh, approach the show. But also, I think for you, uh, in in sense of performativity, they uh, they open things up as much as they probably block by doing. And I want to ask you, Rosa, as a last question, you created this uh, technique that is involved with um, rope and equilibrium, but also uh, the building materials or the like moving materials around seem, seem to be as much part of your technique as the equilibrium. Um, how do you... Uh, how did you develop this? Because it seems to be something that is uh, moving with you uh, longer as this show? And um, how uh, do you work on that technique in a process? Yeah, it's... I think it's hard to me to, to talk about a technique because, yeah, I can say that I... Uh, as, a, as a student, I learned slack rope and that would be my this circus discipline. Uh, together with the trapeze, so I come from really traditional circus, and I, I know the work of like training my body and, and repeating. <laughs> um, but then, since I've been for many years now, I've been really interested in like creating structures and uh, that aim to uh, visualize uh, balance in a way that I have kind of developed how I did that. I did, this is like fantasy and you get curious and you continue and you know, oh, this is interesting and then I spend time and I draw and I, this is kind of a, the creative process that it's actually ongoing and it's more like at the moment of the creation it's more like a, the photo of where it's at that moment but yeah it's ongoing. Mm. So you have the feeling that your process is like uh, more than project-based, it's a longer trajectory and every performance is sort of like a, a, a stop where you invite the audience, but it's not a, an end point? Yeah, I mean, there's no plan. Um, so I don't know, like I haven't, but I, I can only see that it's the result of my way of working. Like if, if I say, when I 
think I want to make a new performance. Mm, as I said earlier, it's I don't know if it's that romantic that to, to talk about leftovers, but it's <laughs> it's really about uh, looking at what what am I curious about right now and. I mean, I cannot really step out of myself and be in someone else. So it's, it's yes, of course, it's, it's an ongoing curiousness. And I'm a bit geek on this, so I stay in this. Yeah. Great. Uh, I think it's time to move into the audience. Um, I didn't quite understand how the box works because I, uh, I was uh, working over there. So maybe, Martin, you can help me with this situation. If there is someone who has a question, Martin will bring you this beautifully colored box and <coughs> or throw it even. Wow. Uh, is there anyone who has a question for someone, for all of us, for a specific project? Anyone? You can talk into the box. So, Simon, <laughs> how do you feel today to perform tonight? No, no questions. No? Questions from you uh, for one another? If not, I ask a question. <laughs> Casper invites you to the show uh, tonight. Um, if there's no questions, then I will ask a question. Or Martin, you have a question? Casper also for, has a question. Martin, you, you go first? No, I wanted to close. Ah, okay. <laughs> but can Casper still ask a question? <laughs> go for it. I was wondering uh, if you perform on a festival in uh, work in progress modus, let's say. I always feel it's really difficult. It gives me a lot of stress. And I, what is your way of releasing this stress? How are you doing this? Um, so I've heard about a pill. <laughs> Once I actually tried, uh, there was a friend that had like uh, the calmant, yeah, like uh, the, but it was like in um, a liquid. Yeah, I tried it once, and it it worked, but it was scary because I always felt my, I also felt my heart go like this just before, so I won't repeat that. That was an anecdote. It stays here. Um, I, ha I mean. <laughs> Yes, I, I, so if, about being nervous before performing. To me, honestly, or it's a work in progress in two days, or it's the premieres, or it's later on, I'm nervous, I'm a nervous person. Um, then again, as I said, I suffered much more when I did solos. I found it much harder than being together with people. But the name of the moment of the processes, like being in work in progress later on, the, the, the nerves don't seem to care, they're, <laughs> they're there anyway, I think, yeah. 
Thanks. If there's no questions from the audience, then I think we are uh, done for this yeah, morning. Then we close and I invite you uh, tomorrow morning again for an artist session at 10.30 with uh, Jessica Helmut and Camille Cornet. And after that, uh, Kolja Hunek and Jan Dams will present their publication, Glowing Colds. So I also take the opportunity to say goodbye to our friends from Catalonia who will be leaving us very soon now. And I hope you enjoy all the rest of the festival. Thank you. Thanks, Martin.